Hello and welcome. This is my podcast series, Cultural Capital Theory and Theater Arts. My name is Netta Armstrong. This podcast series, along with the blog that goes with it, is my capstone project for my Kamel course at Gonzaga. Uh, I I work in theater, so I'm a storyteller, and uh, the blog and the podcast are actually new forms of storytelling for me. But I wanted to challenge myself, and I wanted to try something that was new, different, and it would allow me to be creative. Uh, but no pressure, right? Because it's only my capstone project. Uh, I was interested in looking at diversity in theater. Uh, early on, one of my early classes at Gonzaga, I found a journal article. It was for International Journal of Cultural Policy, which is quite serious and official sounding. Uh, it's from 2008 and it's by J.D. Snowball and ACM Webb. And the article is titled Breaking into the Conversation, Cultural Value and the Role of the South African National Arts Festival from Apartheid to Democracy. Quite a mouthful there. Uh, I found it to be very accessible. It spoke to me as someone who works in the arts. Um, Snowball and Webb really chart the evolution of the arts in South Africa. So with everything that was going on in South Africa, the apartheid, racial tensions, and the Eurocentric um, arts, and not just arts, I mean, Eurocentric from politics to uh, public policy, to arts policy, to education policy, it, it was a top-down problem in South Africa. And what really got the arts festival to change and evolve and become more diverse was the international community boycotting the festival. It was, it was slow. It wasn't something that happened overnight, but it was just something that as other people around the world would attend this yearly festival when, as South Africa was not providing opportunities for black South Africans people around the world um, decided to spend their time elsewhere. And, and so it's sort of like a drip, 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 right? It's little things, little things that build up and build up until finally the dam breaks and you have to change what you were doing before. And that's what ended up happening. So Snowball and Webb really get into, they, they, view it the three phases of the South African National Arts Festival, how it changed and developed, because it was not overnight. And um and so they were looking at this through the lens of their definition of cultural capital theory. And that's what I found so accessible. And that's why all this time later at the end of my uh Kamel journey, I went back to this um ac- academic case study, I, this journal article, I read it again and read it again and thought about it. I just found their definition of cultural capital theory accessible, and it really fit into the work that I've done in theater. And um, and as I tried to navigate this post-Me Too, post-pandemic, post-Black Lives Matter, post-theater has to change. Theater has to change to survive. John, John Steinbeck is credited with a quote, uh, he said that theater is the only institution that has been, uh, that has been dying for 4,000 years and yet it hasn't succumbed. Um, and that's really inspiring, but it's also, it kind of sets out 
you know, therein lies the challenge. How do you change? What do you need to do? And, uh, and I definitely work in, in a field that needs to make some changes. And, and for me personally, as an arts professional, what do I want to personally change? How do I want to be part of that change? So um, I go to Snowball and Webb's work, and their definition of cultural capital theory is knowledge that allows a person to find meaning in cultural goods and forming part of the wealth of a group of people. So um, the lived experiences of artists come through their work. And no matter what the, the discipline is, it can be dance, it can be painting, it can be music, but I work in theater. So we're talking about theater and all of the elements of the production. So it's not just the actors on the stage. It's not just the playwright. It's not just the director. It's the costume designer. It's the lighting designer. It's the stage manager. It's the producer. It's the person who makes the props. All of these components that create a live event, their cultural capital is put into the production. They give that cultural capital to the audience and that audience leaves the theater and they go back into their community. And if it's made them think, if it's challenged them, if it's changed the way they think, if it's maybe awakened in them um, something that they decide means a lot to them, whether that be compassion or volunteerism or deciding to pick up the phone and call someone that they haven't spoken to in a very long time and mending fences, um, the artists have something that they give to their audience and it's not just the performance it's not just the play or the musical so i want to look at how do we measure that how do we define that how do we talk about that and um the rubric that snowball and web have which really worked for me um First of all, disclaimer, I interviewed for my four episodes, I interviewed four theater professionals. Theater professionals are storytellers. So while I was, I brought up this rubric that Snowball and Webb had, um, you know, I, I pretty much was sort of, for you, the listener, kind of marking time where we were. But the people I interviewed, they were really answering the questions as I was asking it or even before I got to ask it. That's what's great when you talk to people who, who know the arc of a story and, and know how to explain something. But uh, anyway, the rubric, um, which I take from Snowball and Web that, I, that I'm using to help uh, me through these interviews are, one, maintaining diverse cultural capital. Two, building new cultural capital. Three, outlets for expression of political and social resistance and awareness. And four, Valorization by artists, agents, and audiences. And valorization, I also describe that as enhancing. How does that enhance those, those people, those individuals mentioned in that rubric? Um, the four episodes that I have, the first, we're going to talk about diversity in theater, um, racial, ethnic, socioeconomic, gender. Um, and then the second episode, we're going to talk about site-specific theater, um, theater that's outside of theater. And I don't mean dinner theater. It's a little bit different. And then the third episode, we're going to talk about feminist theater. And then our final episode, we're going to be talking about theater behind bars, um, incarcerated people, creating theater, performing, writing, and, um, 
and we're going to look at cultural capital from those four areas. And uh, what I have gathered now, I'm because even though this introductory episode is first, I'm doing it last because, like any storyteller, uh, I go back to the beginning to finish. Um, the common theme in all of these episodes, and they're all very different topics, you will hear the people I interview talk about a conversation. We need to have a conversation. And that's really why I gravitated towards Snowball and Webb's definition of cultural capital theory. That's why I like their rubric. I find it it's something that I can work with. It allows me to explore and to investigate and um, to change tracks and look at things from a different perspective. Um, I've spent a lot of my time in theater having to quantify things, uh, fill out an Excel sheet or write in one paragraph, um, you know, submit a proposal with bullet points only. And uh, there's a time and place for that, but there's also a conversation that needs to happen about theater and art and what it does. And a lot of what needs to take place in the conversation cannot just fit onto an Excel sheet, cannot just be put into bullet points. Uh, and, uh, and yet that information must get to the decision makers, those who, who create budgets, those who give the green light to projects. Uh, so this podcast and the blog that is along with it here, um, it's meant to, to, have that discussion to define that to talk about that um, in a way that you can't when you are uh, when you're writing reports or you're filling out an excel sheet so with that um, this is the introductory episode this is what i'm doing uh, this is the framework and uh, up next are the four episodes where we get into each topic thank you so much for listening